Let's talk with Glampatech North America, which is a turnkey solution for anyone looking to start a profitable glamping business. They offer everything from zoning screenings, feasibility studies, site design, permit applications, and much more. I'm Alex Burkett, and this is the Outdoor Alliances Podcast. Today, I'm interviewing Nick Perslow, the Managing Director for Glampatech North America, to learn about their business and how they can help you be successful. Nick, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure to be here. That was a great intro. Thank you. <laughs> so just talk a little bit more, maybe a little bit intro about yourself and how you got started um, in the glamping industry. Uh, yeah, happily. So Glampatech North America is the uh, North American offshoot of Glampatech UK, uh, which started in 2019. Uh, that was when my business partner, Callum, uh, and his business partner um, started their own glamping site on the north coast of Scotland. Uh, and they realized that there wasn't enough help for people in their position. So uh, you know, straight after they set up their own site, they decided to start Glampatech, which basically guides people through the process of starting a glamping business uh, in the UK. Uh, and then we grew fairly rapidly and um, expanded to the Middle East in 2021 and, and North America in 2022. Uh, I came into the equation in late 2020, uh, just to originally just to, to help a bit on the marketing side of things, uh, but gradually sort of took on more and more responsibility and uh, the idea for Glampatech North America came about probably around a year ago to the day, actually. Uh, we were at the Glamping Show UK uh, in, in Coventry and we had a good show and it was a Saturday night, um, you know, after the show had finished. So we went out for a few drinks and after a few drinks, I said to, to, to Callum, uh, let, let me crack America for you. And that's how it came about. And, you know, after a year, nearly a year of hard work and research and um, speaking to so many people and, and reaching out to partners and things like that. We, we launched in July um, and yeah, it was two months in and it's going, going okay so far. And so what made the North American launch something that you were just really interested to take on and what made that sort of exciting as a new journey separate from the UK? Well, it was, it's the, it's the obvious choice, isn't it really for, for the next market? Um, you know, obviously Europe is, is one option, but, you're dealing with language barriers, uh, proper like barriers between each country. Whereas obviously there's, there's the state by state thing in the US, but everyone speaks the same language. There's still a federal government overseeing it all. So uh, it was just the natural next step, really. As I say, um, Callum, my business partner, he, he launched us in, in the Middle East the year before. Um, but that again, that was natural because he, he ended up moving there um, and, and decided to launch off the back of it. So um, yeah, just the natural next step, obviously a huge potential market if we can if we can crack it uh glamp glamping as an industry is on the up it's probably a little little less mature than it is in the uk at the minute but that's that's what makes it exciting we've got a chance to to shape the market to, to use our experience in the uk and help guide it in the us and obviously adapt into the us market as well so it just seemed like the natural next step and everything that we've seen so far since we've since we've arrived has sort of proven that uh, proven that point and so as I sort of detailed in the intro, you guys have a lot of facets for the business that you're able to help with. So can you just maybe do a brief overview of some of the services that you guys offer? Yeah, yeah. So the the, the whole idea of, of us is that we can be the turnkey solution uh, for anyone who wants to start a glamping business. And and we can do that. You know, it's not just us that does it. It's, we've got a range of partners that we work with who are really, really good at what they do. Uh, and we couldn't do it without them. So um, the, the first thing that we typically do um, is something that we just do ourselves anyway is... Um, what 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 some what a lot of people don't understand when it comes to starting a glamping business is that you need to have the right zoning in place um, and uh, you need to acquire permits to allow you to legally build on your property. Uh, so the first thing that we do before we we worry about any kind of um, expensive 
big strategic decisions, we say, well, you need to make sure you've got the right zoning. Uh, so the first thing we'll do is, um, you know, take a look at their property, take a look at their county or city zoning ordinances, see if they're allowed to do what they're suggesting, uh, and then propose some next steps off the back of that. Uh, we can actually take it a step back as well. And, you know, people who are looking for a property, we will identify the counties within a sort of radius that they give us um, that give them the best chance of building because some counties just will not allow for any kind of glamping development, whereas others will, and others will only in certain districts. So uh, the first thing we do is help people make sure they've got the right zoning in place uh, for their development. And then it depends what they want. So if, if someone needs funding, then we can help them um, with, with a feasibility study. We've got some great partners who, who, have, who have done dozens of um, appraisals for really big and, and small um, glamping resorts and, and outdoor hospitality resorts. Um, so we can help them with that. We can turn that into a business plan as well if they need further help in their funding. Um, and then eventually it all leads down to the, the, the permitting application. Uh, so, you know, you need to present your idea to the county or city, get it approved. And that's easier said than done. Uh, it's, it's a very long and stressful process. And so we work with the best architects in the business who can do that for you. Uh, and then throughout, we're that kind of point of contact, the people the people that you can come to. And if you've got any questions, if you need any help um, speaking to other people, you know, we've got so many partners, whether it's manufacturers, uh, suppliers, uh, insurance providers, anything like that, we can try and help you. And we're just that point of contact, the people that you can come to, and we'll just guide you through the process and send you off to the right people as and when required. And so I assume this is true, but if somebody, let's say, had a campground in the U.S. already, they don't have any glamping units or maybe they only have RV sites, you'd be able to work with them as well, correct? It's not like they have to be a strictly glamping only business for you to be able to provide some value and make sure that they're able to do what they want to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and we, all, my, all of our marketing is targeted towards towards the glamping side of things. But we literally put out a blog uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago um, explaining why people with RV sites need to um, start to add glamping offerings uh, because it's such a, an obvious, you know, they've got a lot, a lot, a lot of the times they've got, you know, zoning in, in place and it makes things a lot easier. Um, and you know, if you can add just a few, even just a few tents, uh, you know, that don't cost that much. You can just add them. You've already got the site. You've already got the utilities um, and you can be charging over a hundred dollars a night for these, for these um, units. And it just, it's, it's just a no brainer. So yeah, we absolutely can help people who already own these kind of sites. Um, and in some cases it's actually a lot easier. Yeah. And to continue on that line of thought, I mean, I, echo a lot of those sentiments that you said of it's it's not a very costly venture to get into and the lifespan that you're going to get out of that tent or whatever that unit looks like for you um, it's going to be well worth it based on the amount that you're able to charge more of but still some people in the u.s continue to view clamping as more of a, a fad or a trend or something that oh it'll be here for a few years but i'm not going to waste the money on that sort of investment but we've seen it work in other places and people be successful with it so i guess what do you say to that line of argument that you know, I don't want to invest in this because I don't want to be caught on the next trend or fad that's going to go away. Yes, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's a valid question. And um, what I would say is that there's been numerous studies showing uh, or projecting the, the value of the glamping industry in the years to come. Um, you know, really well researched studies um, by 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 you know proper research companies who who know what they're talking about, and they're projecting you know. 10%, I think it's 10.9% annual compound growth or something like that each year. Uh, you also look at the, the, the pandemic did have a have a big boost to, to the glamping industry uh, in the US and in the UK. We saw that there as well. Um, but 
the, the, the popularity and the people searching for glamping um, is still far higher than they were in 2019. So the, the pandemic was a boost, but it wasn't like a, a short-term thing. It, it's had significant effects going. Uh, it sort of established it in the sort of mainstream consciousness, I'd say. Um, and so, yeah, if you just look at the data, uh, it, it suggests that it's not going to be a short-term fad. Uh, I think I think the you know the, the campground industry has been around obviously for decades and decades and decades, and I don't see any reason why um, why this can't be the same because you know I don't see anything about it that's a short term fad. You know it, what it is? It allows you to experience the outdoors in a sense of luxury, and I can see that being enjoyed now. But I can see it being something that's enjoyed in ten years, hundred years, however many years. Um, obviously, on the business side of things, uh, you know as more and more people see that it's an attractive business proposition, then you might get to the point where there's a bit of saturation in, I don't know, five years, 10 years. Now that's, that's obviously a very real um, consideration. Uh, but, but the thing I'd say to that is, you know, you've got to make yourself, your site stand out. Um, you know, there's, there are so many RV sites and campgrounds around and, and people still make good money from that. So um, that's certainly something to bear in mind, but I, I certainly would not say glamping is a fad. Yeah. And during the pandemic, we saw, you know, RV sales continuing to rise a, a ton and often to the point where units were selling out quicker than people could buy them. And a lot of people were beginning to travel more and work on the road and do things at home because of the pandemic. So I think glamping is a great way to sort of um, bridge the gap between somebody who may not have the capital to spend on a new RV or want to haul around mm -hmm. an RV like that, but still wants to travel and work. Have you seen a lot of your customers or people that you talk to and work with um, using glamping accommodations in that way to travel more and sort of be in an accommodation, but be outdoors and live that hybrid lifestyle? Yeah, I'd say that the gen generally what we see is two kind of um, vacationers. You've got the the people who maybe live in the city and are just looking for uh, a break and, and maybe they can find a glamping a glamp ground, you know, an hour or two outside the city and can just get away for the weekend. But then you've also got the people who, who yeah, you're right, they do travel. There's there's a uh, there's a couple, I think they're called Honey Trek, who um, you know, have, have, have made a living essentially just traveling around the world. And they, they you know, they, they heavily focus on, on staying at glamping sites. I think they've written a book about it that they'll speak at the glamping show uh, every year. And, and, and so, yeah, they're, they're an extreme example, but people, you know, will, there are glamping sites built around tourist areas and things like that, where people will go specifically to travel and they can obviously stay uh, in a luxury accommodation. And, you know, for a price, not much more than a hotel. I think the experience you get is, just far superior um the connection you can have with nature the the unique nature of, of of each glamping site as opposed to just you know staying in a in a a, a, a painted white hotel room that is just going to be the same everywhere you go nick can you talk a little bit more about what a feasibility study looks like and what that all is involved with some people might not even be familiar with what that term is or what that even means when they might be getting started yeah, absolutely. So a feasibility study is essentially asked the question, um, is your glamping idea feasible? Uh, and hopefully answers that question too. So um, what we do with our partners for our feasibility studies is we, uh, our feasibility studies are built on a, on a very extensive, in-depth competitive analysis. And I think that should be the core of any feasibility study because without competitive analysis, you don't know um, what's in the area, how much they're charging, how unique your site is. Um, what their occupancy rates of, of sites are in the area. So you've really got to do your research on that. Uh, so that's what our feasibility studies are built on. And then from that, we've got, you know, a nightly rate to work with. 
uh, uh, but you've also got to estimate your setup costs, uh, your operating costs and everything like that. So a feasibility study is the full package. It's that competitive analysis, the, the analysis of national trends as well. And it all leads up to a really in-depth, bespoke set of financial projections that are justifiable. You can just justify your nightly rate. You can justify your occupancy rate. And so even if it's just to sort of assure yourself that this is a good idea, or more importantly, if you are pitching for investment, then you can go to investors, you can go to banks and you can say, look, this this idea will make this much money. This is why, and the, this is what it's going to cost to get there. And it can just be, you know, that, that the foundation of your whole business plan. Um, so, so that's what I would say a feasibility study is, or certainly what, what ours are anyway. And so as you go through those feasibility studies, have you found that certain units or certain types of accommodations are resonating better in North America or even in certain areas? And, you know, without, you know, I, I get that every situation is obviously different, but I'm just curious if you've seen any broad level trends that might help people start thinking about this um, in a more focused way. Yeah, I mean, the, the market is so young. So um, the, the, the comparison I'd make is if, if you look at the UK, for example, um, the UK is very clearly established that uh, glamping pods over there are hugely popular. Um, they're what people want to stay in. Uh, and, you know, they are kind of like the leading um, glamping unit. You'll see they're kind of like these timber curve structures. If you just Google glamping pods, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Uh, whereas in the US, they are virtually unheard of. Um, and so there's not real, there's not really like a market leader like that or anything like that. Um, I'd say tents are probably, you know, without having the data in front of me, I'd say tents are like kind of the dominant unit, but that's kind of understandable because they're sort of on the cheaper end of the scale for, for operators. Um, and they're sort of closely tied to, uh, you know, traditional camping. So, um, yeah, it, it depends. I, I would say, you know, the, the more unique the structure, the, the higher you can charge. You know, the really unique structures uh, can command a lot, of, you know, a really high nightly rate. But obviously, they're going to cost a lot to build, especially if they're bespoke. You might have to bring architects in. You have to get build, building permits for them. So um, it, it, the, the, what, I, what I think will happen in the next few years is we, we will start to see um, certain unit types become like the established glamping units whether that's domes or yurts or if pods are going to arrive um I, i'd like to sell pods myself so watch this space for that so um, yeah the, 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 there's there's not really one kind of single unit that is sort of dominating um on the nightly rate perspective aside from kind of like the unique structures but by very nature you're not going to get you know many of the same types of those um and yeah we we we, we recommend looking what's in your area and how much they're charging and, and see you know if there's a, is a, a particular structure that's getting a high nightly rate in your area or more importantly what's not in your area that you think could fill a gap uh, and, and generate a high nightly rate for yourself and so if i'm i'm gonna sort of play a, a scenario i guess if you will and you know see if i can get your advice on it if i'm a campground owner or somebody who's uh, not even in the camping industry or the outdoor industry at all. And I want to start a glamping park and let's say it has 20 or 40 units in it, whatever that amount would be. And I'm starting from the beginning besides the feasibility study. What's that process? If they were to work with you, how does that look? If somebody's starting with almost no knowledge, uh, but just says, Hey, I've saw this, I want to research this more or look into getting into the industry. The first thing I would say is do your research. Uh, companies like Glampitech, we put out a load of content every week, whether it's podcasts, whether it's blogs, YouTube videos, whatever. Um, there's a ton of content. There's also a ton of great content on YouTube um, that, that, that you know covers a, a whole spectrum of issues. So start by doing your research. Um, maybe read one of Glampitech's blogs or guides. Uh, and yeah, and, and then the, 
you know, once you've got some idea of the process, uh, pick up the phone to a company like us and we can just guide you through the whole process. As, as I say, the first thing that you should be looking at is is checking your zoning. Uh, and you can do that yourself. In fact, we've written a, a blog on how you can do it yourself. Um, and, you know, it, it's not rocket science, to be honest. You, you, you need to have some kind of analytical mind, but, um, you know, you, you can do it yourself. So, uh, and maybe just pick up the phone to the county and ask them, you know, I want to do this. Uh, you know, how do I do it? And we, we don't recommend doing that typically because you want to, go in with some specific language but if you you know really strap for time and you just want to get an answer then just pick up the phone to your county and say um i've got a property here what what districts am i in and what can i do on it um so that that's always the first step before you commission any feasibility studies before you order any tents or, or units or anything like that um is make sure you've got the right zoning and as i say you can just be guided through the rest of the process from that uh, whether it's pitching for funding or just going straight onto the perm application and getting your contractors in to actually build. And Nick, I know you have, as you mentioned, some of the resources there. You've got your own podcast and these other resources. Are there things that you would, like you said, within that research, you know, right away that, you know, as you pointed out, that you would recommend that people visit right away or even other resource websites that you could point people right now and say, hey, this is a good place that we've seen? Yeah, I mean, not to uh, sort of, plug our own content too much but we plug we, away <laughs> we have published a guide called like the ultimate guide to starting a glamping business in north america and that's you know a mammoth blog that covers every stage of the process from if you haven't even got land or the way to setting up your on your websites and, and marketing channels and um, so that is the, the that's the place i'd recommend starting obviously from a biased perspective um and from there, you can, it's broken down into different stages. So you can see what, what you need to research, what your weak spots are. Uh, we've also got a quiz as well on our website. If you go onto our website and hang around for a few seconds, you'll get a pop-up which says, are you ready to set, start a glamping business? And that's just a series of questions. It'll take you about three or four minutes. Uh, and you'll get targeted feedback based on your score. And you can start, um, you know, wherever you need to research most, you can research and book in a consultation with us. So in the interest of fairness, I'll also plug other people too. Um, there's a great YouTube channel called Keep It Tiny, which um, covers, he, he's actually a glamping site owner himself. He's just got a little A-frame uh, and he uses his experience from that and also just his interviewing skills, interviewing people who have done it before. Uh, and he makes lots of great content. Um, so th there's also a few other YouTube channels. Uh, there's a guy called um, Rob Bilt, who focuses more on the Airbnb side, but he's done some glamping stuff as well. So there's lots of, of great stuff out there. Obviously, check Glamper Tech's Ultimate Guide first. But um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of resources out there. And I know I saw if somebody wants to talk with you in person, you're also going to be at the upcoming um, glamping show in October, right? Can you give some details on that if somebody wants to attend and connect with you there? Yes, we will. So uh, there's it's the Glamping Show USA, which I would highly recommend anyone who's looking to get into the glamping business to go to. Uh, it's going to be full of people like us. It's going to be full of manufacturers, suppliers, anyone who anyone who's anybody in the glamping industry will be there essentially. Uh, there's also going to be talks, um, lectures, workshops, etc., on starting a glamping business. So I would massively recommend you go. Uh, it's in Denver. 
or just outside Denver on the 4th and the 5th of October uh, next month. So uh, I'd highly recommend that. Um, if I had done my preparation, I could tell you which booth number we are, but um, I can't remember, but we will be in there. I think <laughs> I looked earlier, but I don't know that I can remember oh, either. So. That, that, that would have been embarrassing <laughs> if you knew and I didn't. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're in the indoor section somewhere. So come and say hello um, and come and meet some of our great partners as well, who uh, we've got the pleasure of working with with our clients. And uh, yeah, I'd 100% recommend uh, you go. And if somebody can't go to the show or just wants to reach out and connect with you in general, can you give some information on that? Yep. So our website is www.glampitex.com forward slash US uh, and make sure you put the forward slash US bit in otherwise you'll be taken to our UK Glam site, uh, website. Uh, you can email me at nick at um, and our phone number is 646-586-2330. Uh, I know people a lot of the time, it's an absolute nightmare to spell Glampitex over the phone. So I'm sure people will be asking how it's spelled. So I'm sure you'll put the, the, the uh, links and the, the name of the company in the description, uh, Alex. So um, just check that out and, and you'll be able to find us. Nick, thanks again for being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Outdoor Alliances podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Nick. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll see you back here on Monday for another great episode. Talk to you soon.